Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, if you wish to be on the program, 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. So these stories are somewhat funny, but they get to a larger point. I woke up this morning and the very first tweet that I saw was Charlie retweeting a story, Aretha Franklin song, A Natural Woman Blasted by Transgender Activists. That's right. Aretha Franklin song, A Natural Woman Blasted by Transgender Activists. Now, the story has been updated. This organization from Norway is upset about a natural woman and demands it be removed from Apple Music and Spotify because the lyrics are offensive. The Transcultural Mindfulness Alliance took to Twitter to condemn the ballad, citing that it ignited harm against transgender women. Aretha Franklin's 1968 song, Natural Woman, perpetuates multiple harmful anti-trans stereotypes. There's no such thing as a natural woman. The song has helped inspire acts of harm against transgender community. TCMA is requesting it be removed from Spotify and Apple Music. Now, The New York Post has had to update their story because this organization has come out now and said, actually, we are a satire website. They didn't say that last week. It was not noted when the New York Post first ran the story, but subsequently they've come out and said, we're satire. So not a real group. They're a humor group. The fact that people actually took this as indicative of the trans community and fell for it kind of shows you there's a problem with the trans community. The activist sort, at least, they're very angry. They are all the time malcontented souls. So you could see something like this and think it's real. Because the activist community is a deeply malcontented group of people. For example, you're a bigot if you buy the new Harry Potter video game, Hogwarts Legacy. The Washington Post has this story. A new Harry Potter game's upcoming release has sparked fierce reaction among trans gamers and the LGBTQ allies. As author J.K. Rowling continues to provoke controversy for her remarks on sex and gender. I I gotta pause for a moment, and, and I don't need to quote Dave Chappelle on this, uh, but he had this great line that uh, J.K. Rowling has sold so many books, uh, God's looking at the Bible sales, and they're like, oh, we gotta stop J.K. <laughs> J.K. Rowling's position is a position of common sense. To claim that men can become women and that they are identical to women 
is to undermine the struggles women have had for thousands of years. And I got to tell you, I think she's right. One of the Dave Chappelle lines I think is very funny is that if it wasn't a group of white men demanding to become women, nobody would buy into this. But the white men just insisting they're now white women, suddenly everybody's on board. And if you're not, you're a bigot. I was reading a story yesterday. It, 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 it really actually, it's, it's a very sad story. There are women in India, in southern India, and they are married into a sex cult. In India, it is not a good thing to be a girl. I, I I know this from level of personal experience. When I was growing up in Dubai, we had a housekeeper named Anna and her father owned a plantation in Southern India. And at the time it was called Bangalore. And Anna was put to work sent out abroad to make money and sent home. She and her husband had children. He drove an ice cream truck and worked for an ice cream company in Dubai. She was our housekeeper. And they lived in a little house behind our house. So our house was a rectangle with a flat roof. And they had a little square house behind us built into the side of our yard and it was a square and it was exactly two bedroom or two rooms. The kitchen was also the bathroom. And then they had another room. And that room was their living quarters. And they were rarely there. Paul, the husband, worked all the time. Anna was with us a lot. They had family come over. Uh, and, but that was how they lived. It, it was two rooms, a big room and a small room. And when we first moved to Dubai, it was kind of my playhouse. Uh, we didn't have a, we didn't have a people living in our house. Uh, they began to work for us and over time moved into that little house and it was no longer my playhouse. And they were just members of the family. Every time we would come home from abroad, they would, she would have a pot of chicken and beef curry and warm samosas in the oven. Love Indian food, grew up eating it. She would make it. I finally, I finally, finally, finally have a chicken curry recipe that tastes like I remember her tasting. But she had to work abroad and her children stayed in India. They had to raise the money to be able to bring the kids to Dubai. We did not have the money to be able to cover the cost. It was very expensive. Even for us, we couldn't We couldn't do it. But we paid her. She worked. She saved money. Her husband saved money. And eventually the kids could come. But she, growing up a girl, her parents basically sent her off to work. Thank God they didn't send her off to be a sex slave. There is this organization in India that rescues girls, but um, parents will sometimes sell off their daughters to a sex cult presided over by the Hindu goddess uh, Yalama. And these girls are sold essentially into prostitution. Now, I'm sorry. If you are a trans woman, that is, you're a man 
who now identifies as a woman, you never, you never had to worry about your parents selling you into sex slavery as a girl. You never did. In this country, you could be a star male athlete until you got to a level where it did you you couldn't compete against other guys and so then you had the blessing to suddenly identify as a woman and dominate women's sports. Girls can't go in and dominate men's sports, but you suddenly get to. You do not have the experience of a woman anywhere in the world historically. There is a level of selfishness in that, that you're mad at J.K. Rowling for pointing out sex still matters. Not five years ago, trans activists would argue gender and sex are separate things. You read books on intersectionality, and they themselves, up until about a year ago, treated sex and gender as separate things. Sex is what you were born as. Gender is how you identify. And now we're told even by Democratic politicians and some pseudoscientists, sex is irrelevant. Gender is all that matters. Gender and sex are back to being the same thing, and it's based on an identity, not on a biological fact. But again, I'm sorry. If you were born with male sex organs, I don't care how you identify. It is a truth that all of us have to accept that around the world historically, women were treated as second-class citizens. And you had the virtue of being born to avoid that, whether you chose otherwise or not, was not your lived experience to begin with. And that's J.K. Rowling's point. And you can't deny that point any more than you can deny black people in the United States of America have been historically treated unfairly. You can't deny that fact. And J.K. Rowling pointed that out, and she's now anathema to trans activists. Many gamers are leading efforts to explain the harm in buying or playing Hogwarts Legacy, an open-world adventure game set to be released next month. Some say their plan to support it shouldn't be uh, speak to their politics and open them to shame and judgment. And some trans rights opponents are threatening to purchase the game in volumes, turning Hogwarts Legacy into a battleground. The tensions underscore the pain and difficulty in being a Harry Potter fan with many caught between their deep fondness for a beloved childhood series and their support for the trans community. Jesse Earl is a 30-year-old trans YouTuber and journalist who uses she, they pronouns. In other words, Jesse Earl is a guy. And Earl declared his stance as, quote, I will not begrudge anyone their love of past works or things they already own that they take comfort in. I own the first nine movies and all seven books myself, but any support of something like Hogwarts Legacy is harmful. Why is it harmful? Why is playing a video game harmful? It used to be, people argued, that playing a video game was harmful because your kids learned how to and became comfortable with murdering other people. 
The trans community believes it's harmful because you're making J.K. Rowling money. J.K. Rowling has the dignity of doing something I won't do and referred to Earl as a she. When I woke up and saw her tweet, I felt my face strain. Accused this person of pure think. And her comment was comparable to book burning. Why in God's name are they upset about a video? Because they're upset about everything. That's the bottom line here. That's why you could reasonably conclude that they would be upset about Aretha Franklin's Natural Woman song. It's why they're upset about everything on planet Earth. They're just angry. They're Greta Thunberg, Thunberg, but even more humorless. They're just angry people. And the problem here is it's not really about acceptance. They say it's about acceptance. If we just all humored them and believed in them and accepted them, the world would be a great place, except they live in communities where there's total acceptance. And they're still angry. I suspect their anger has more to do with the lie they're living than anything else. And they'll come after me and you and J.K. Rowling and try to censor us and cancel us, silence us, bully us, badger us, and call us haters because we're just committed to the truth. And the truth is God made us male and female. We don't get to pick. If you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The Employee Retention Credit is a tax credit of up to $26,000 per employee, and now more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at RefundsPro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even businesses that have received PPP funds may be eligible, and there are absolutely no fees unless you receive a refund. There's no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply chain challenges, or even reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. RefundsPro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses, so don't lose the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with a free five-minute questionnaire at Refunds with an S, RefundsPro.com. That's Refunds with an S, Pro.com. The phone number here is 877-973-7425. You are more than welcome to be on the program should you wish to. I, I gotta I, I gotta play you this. Uh, as we have these shootings in California, a very odd, isn't it? Two older Asian men engaged in shootings. Well, there's new data out about uh, gun control and why it's not going to happen in the country. This is from Harry Enton on CNN. When you look at this country, you know that the number of guns, number of civilian guns or guns belonging to civilians uh, per, the, per each person is above one. It's the only country in the world where that is so. The other countries that are the second most are the Falkland Islands with 0.6 guns per person and Yemen at 0.5 guns per person. Uh, so that's to me an outstanding statistic and I don't think you need to have much of a brain to, to make the correlation, right? It's not a perfect correlation between the number of guns and the number of shootings, but I, I don't think you have to be much of a brain surgeon to figure out that there is some correlation there. 
And if you're wondering why things don't necessarily change, you know, I think a lot of people say, oh, you know, it's these lobbying groups. No, it's public opinion, Anderson. Uh, and we know when we look at the public opinion at this particular point, and, you know, the Pew Research Center has a good question on this, and essentially more important to protect the right to own guns than control gun ownership. Back in 2000, uh, less than 50% of Republicans and Democrats thought it was more important to protect right to own guns than control own gun ownership. But look now, Republicans, 81% of Republicans say it's more important to protect gun ownership. Democrats really haven't moved. Republicans have moved significantly more towards the right to own guns. And that is why a lot of members of Republican members of Congress simply put have not moved to enforce or fight for uh, stricter gun control. Anderson. It's just flat out not going to happen. The data is not there to support it. And by the way, there's a uh, growing gun ownership in the black community. And that has caused the polling to shift against gun control within the black community. They are more and more mindful of the fact that in so many progressive communities, the wokes have taken over city councils and the like. They're defunding the police. They're redirecting police priorities. They themselves are not uh, they're, they're not protected. And so they realize they've got to protect themselves. And because they got to protect themselves, they're doing everything possible to ensure the safety and security of their families. And that means they're going out and buying new guns. The rate of gun ownership among women and black Americans has skyrocketed in the past few years, which means they're less and less likely to support gun control. It becomes a rich white person thing to want gun control at this point in this country. We've kind of crossed the Rubicon on absurdities here. I, I want to read you this. This is from The Hollywood Reporter. Michelle Yeoh has made history as the first person who identifies as Asian to ever be nominated for Best Actress at the Oscars. Michelle Yeoh has made history as the first person who identifies as Asian. In other words, Rachel Dolezal could be America's first black actress uh, if she identified. Good Lord. Michelle Yeoh is actually Chinese. She is Asian. Goodness. Um, real quick, uh, we had Tony called earlier, and he was uh, had been in, in a government uh, dealing with classified documents and said uh, intent did not matter. A friend of mine who's a lawyer in Washington who's listening to the show emailed me and said the reason intent matters for government personnel are elected officials and not necessarily for contractors has to do with a very key detail I did not uh, pay attention to and did not bring up. And that is at the presidential and the vice presidential level, the government services agency, the GSA, boxes them up and moves them out. And it's the GSA that is supposed to handle the documents and process the documents and vet for classified documents. And so he, who is a conservative, says you can't actually even blame Joe Biden for having classified documents where he had them in large part because he and his staff do not do the boxing up and the ferrying of the documents to locations. They direct where they want things delivered, but the GSA processes them. So this isn't necessarily a Mike Pence and a Joe Biden screw up. This is a GSA screw up and that they did not recognize the classified markings on the documents and did not withhold those documents before boxing up. Uh, so that's a great point. Uh, and again, that's why there is an intent standard here for elected officials, because particularly at the presidential and the vice presidential and the cabinet level, the government services agency boxes up the documents and reviews the documents being boxed up 
to try to find any classified documents and get them to the archives. That clearly didn't happen here. And he said, even though he thinks it's ridiculous that we should not be pinning the blame on Biden or Pence, but on the GSA for the screw up. So there you have it. That from a lawyer in Washington who deals with this. Now to the phones, we go. Michelle has been waiting patiently. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Eric, for taking my call. So I'm just calling just about your um, your comment just recently about just the inner cities, um, especially the black community taking up arms and for protecting themselves and the right. increase in gun ownership is on the rise. So I just wanted to know kind of what your opinion was. Why are we not seeing a shift from these inner cities, these states, these liberal states to more of a conservative perspective since it's the Republican Party that's actually wanting to support and preserve gun ownership and our right to bear arms. So I actually think we are. It's just slower than you or I would like. Um, If you look at the percentage of the black vote voting Republican, it went up in 2014, 2016, 2018, 2020, and 2022. It's just so heavily. I mean, we're talking 90% voted Democrat in 2012, uh, and obviously for Barack Obama, historic reasons. Uh, But now you're starting to see like, like it's down to 85 to 80%. I mean, Brian Kemp actually outperformed his black vote percentage from 2018 against Stacey Abrams. This time, Herschel Walker did not do a great job in the black community, but he actually, I mean, got like 10% of the black vote. Uh, which is pretty significant. So, yeah, we, we're, when you're talking, it's a 2% shift or a 3% shift. Every election cycle, it's not a big thing now, but over time, it does add up. And the reason we're seeing this actually has more to do with law and order, but also the culture issues. Uh, black right. parents, Michelle, do not want their kids taught queer th- black theory in high school. Uh, they want their kids taught job skills so they can get ahead in life. And those are the sorts of things shifting them. So what we are seeing, though, is we're seeing a larger jump in the Hispanic vote towards the right, in large part because they don't have the historic angers to the Democratic Party that uh, black voters do in this country because of the civil rights movement. So it takes time, but I promise you they're they're headed in that direction. And and all the data from the exit polling, now this is not the public opinion polling. This is the exit polling. Who actually did show up in the election and vote? The, The people who voted early? The people who voted on Election Day, they are surveyed. We have lists of those people. Media agencies go out and find those people. And what we're finding is that uh, the cultural conservative values of the GOP, uh, particularly as the Democratic Party becomes whiter and whiter, the culturally conservative values of the GOP are resonating more and more with black voters. But to Michelle's point, it doesn't seem like it's significant because when you're when you go from 90 percent voting Democrat to 85 percent voting Democrat, you still got 85 percent voting Democrat. But to put this in further perspective, Brian Kemp got almost half of the Hispanic vote. In 2018, he only got 38 percent of it. That was a pretty significant shift. He also did better among black men in 2022 than 2018. Put it to you this way, if Republicans continue to improve with the Hispanic vote, Brian Kemp is term limited. But if the next Republican governor in Georgia does the same in the Hispanic community and the same in the, in the white vote, he's still going to win. Republicans in Georgia are shifting the state, and I firmly believe 
Those of you listening in Atlanta in the state legislature right now, if you would pursue school choice, that issue resonates in the black and the Hispanic community. You give an entitlement. These voters aren't going to walk back that entitlement. This is something you need to pursue. Time for me to get on my soapbox. Let's take a Republican and Democratic theory at face value. When you give an entitlement, that entitlement will not go away. Democrats have given Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security and health care and you name it. And Republicans have never got rid of them. So Republicans, here is an entitlement to give voters, give families, give citizens. And that is the opportunity to pick the school of their choice for their children. You give school choice to the kids. That's an entitlement. And it is the one entitlement the Democrats hate. So you will see Democrats campaign on getting rid of it and fighting it. We're seeing this with Katie Hobbs in Arizona. The Republicans gave school choice to parents. Katie Hobbs has come in. She beat Carrie Lake. She's now the governor, and she wants to defund it. There's already a voter backlash in the Hispanic community against Katie Hobbs for taking away their new entitlement. You do this in a place like Georgia, where Republicans are beginning to make ground with Hispanic voters and black voters. You're going to lack Republicans in for the next several decades because no Democrat running in 2026 is going to campaign on school choice. They're going to campaign on getting rid of it. They're going to claim it killed public schools. And you know what? All those parents whose kids are suddenly getting a good education, they're going to vote Republican. This is how Ron DeSantis won in Florida. Andrew Gillum, his opponent, campaigned on finally getting rid of Jeb Bush's school choice reforms. And Ron DeSantis won enough black women and Hispanic women that he barely won the governorship, but he did. And look what happened four years later. He improved school choice. He bolstered it. He strengthened it. He funded those schools. You all focus on the culture war stuff. The people in Florida, they're focusing on how he navigated COVID, how he navigated the economy, and what he did for school choice. And they all voted for him. That Republicans nationwide are not rushing to school choice is shows you how stupid so many people in the party are. Democrats have for years given everything to voters and dared Republicans to take it all back. And when Republicans campaign on taking it all back, they lose. That's why Donald Trump is out right now telling Republicans, don't campaign on cutting Social Security. Don't campaign on cutting and reforming Medicare and Medicaid. Don't you dare do it. You'll lose. And Republicans are listening to him. So give parents hope for their kids' future. Give parents the opportunity to get their kids out of failing public schools where the schools are now more interested in, in turning your kids woke than helping your kids not be broke. They want your kids to be indoctrinated, not educated. They want your kids to be down with left-wing groupthink. They don't want your kids to be entrepreneurial. They don't want your kids to learn individual responsibility. They don't want your kids to learn the basic skills to get a job as an entrepreneur and compete against the big business. No, they want your child a slave to big business, 
teaching them common core math so they can't get out on their own, binding them to the administrative governmental state. You give parents school choice and watch the GOP become the dominant party and watch the kids thrive. This is the civil rights issue of the day. And I cannot believe Republicans aren't with the program. I can't believe Republicans nationwide aren't pushing this. In my state of Georgia, there's a headline in the newspaper today that there's a renewed push to expand Georgia's private school tuition subsidies. They want a $100 million increase to Georgia's student scholarship program. So far, they've only secured $20 million. The chief architect of the scaled back legislation, John Carson of Marietta, is proposing to expand the cap on the tax credit program from $120 million to $200 million. The American Federation of Teachers and the uh, National Education Association are opposed, but the American Federation for Children supports it. Y'all, I can't emphasize this enough. You've got to give school choice. You've got to allow parents to get their kids out of these public schools. Do you know where I am in Georgia? On Valentine's Day last year, an elementary school gym teacher decided on Valentine's Day to bring his first grade students into the gym and show them a video on same-sex love. I'm not making that up. Parents, many of them didn't know about it until I talked about it on this program. They found out from their first graders that's what happened at that elementary school. And the superintendent of the county education system sent me a very indignant letter, upset that I exposed what happened. There are a lot of private schools in that county. There are a lot of private schools that would love to take in black and Hispanic students who are in those failing public schools. But it's the Republicans who are blocking them. The Democrats don't have the votes to stop it. The Republicans could embrace full school choice. And these private schools would bring these kids in, allow them in, don't don't punish the private schools that are Christian and run according to Christian guidelines. You don't have to do that. Let them in and grow. Let them in and grow. Support them. You've got to do that. This is the civil rights issue of our time. Republicans are failing on this. Don't keep poor kids in failing public schools when you have the opportunity to give them access to a private school where they can get a great education and become tomorrow's entrepreneur. You support your job force, your workforce, your future by giving these kids school choice. Wherever you are nationwide, if you've got a Republican legislature and a Republican governor, and that's the majority of the nation, you should be doing this to support tomorrow, today. 
Now, you should go to EdenPureDeals.com and get an Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You can get three of them for less than $200. You're saving $200, and you get free shipping at EdenPureDeals.com. You'll be greeted with a discount code box, and you put in ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. You put in ERIC3, and you'll see the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. You The code carries through to checkout where you'll see normally these things, you'd be paying over $300. Instead, you'll save $200, get them for less than $200, and you will... Um, clean up the air in your house. What do they do? Well, they get rid of noxious odors. So is smoke odors, pet odors, litter box odors, cooking odors in the kitchen. They wipe them out. Musty odors, they wipe them out. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3. Go there now. Get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than $200. Save $200. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, they can help your business grow. Reach out to them if you need a deal, $750,000 or more. FirstLibertyGA.com for your business, not yourself. All righty, let us move on. Mike Pompeo has a new book out. It's saucy. Never Give an Inch recounts his... Love for Donald Trump, his disdain for his enemies, his criticisms of potential rivals. Let me just uh, let, let, let me read you just just a little bit of the Washington Post review before plunging into the snake pit. Let's turn to some passages that will be fodder for future historians. Pompeo tells us over and over that he likes pipe hitters, cold blooded killers in combat. Take no prisoner allies in government. He found both in his 16 months at the CIA where he bolstered the clandestine service and intensified its lethal operations. He made Gina Haspel, a conservative's conservative, his deputy and ensured she'd succeed him. Haspel had been unjustly punished for overseeing torture at the CIA's black sites, and he wanted to right that ship by rewarding her. He embraced Michael DeAndrea, a hard-nosed counterterrorism chief known as the Dark Prince, who came to work every day with a figurative knife in his teeth. Pompeo likes his style. They tell me you're an a-hole, uh, a poop head, impossible to work with, Pompeo said in the job interview. Mr. Director DeAndre implied, replied, I am not impossible to work with. He was hired on the spot to run Iran operations and handled killing Soleimani. Um, Pompeo's disdain for America's career diplomats. He describes them in turns as un-American, deceitful denizens of the deep state, and overwhelmingly hard left. Trump's third national security advisor, John Bolton, is a scheming leaker who should be in jail, writes Pompeo. Barack Obama's foreign policies made him all but a terrorist fellow traveler. John Brennan and James Clapper are masters of disinformation and chief perpetrators of the Russia hoax. He spurned the CIA's intelligence analysts when their conclusions clashed with his preconceptions. They inconveniently found that Mohammed bin Salman had killed Jamal Khashoggi or had him killed. He lie puts his sympathies with the Saudi ruler. That Khashoggi wasn't a journalist, but a political activist. Now, this is all designed to stir up emotions about a potential Mike Pompeo run for president. Uh, listen, Pompeo also took some shots at Nikki Haley in his book, among others. I welcome him to the arena. He's an intriguing candidate from the sense that uh, he's really, at a time I suspect foreign policy is actually going to be 
a pretty big deal. Uh, my suspicion is Pompeo is going to have an avenue to travel in the presidential race. I just don't know that he can go the distance uh, being Mike Pompeo. No offense to Mike Pompeo implied at all, but, uh, you, I mean, you got big names out there. I mean, Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, you're going to profess your love for Donald Trump in this book, and then you're going to run against him for president of the United States. That calls into question your run. You've got real issues there you got to deal with if you're Pompeo. He's got a smart team around him to advise him. But I just don't think you can write a book in praise of Donald Trump and then run against him for president. How does that work? I don't know. When we come back, we got to talk about the FBI and the Russians and also the lay of the landscape for the Senate in 2024 where candidates for the GOP really, really are going to matter something awful. Uh, i got a lot to say. I'll take your phone calls as well.